everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Power Athlete Radio, featuring The Crew, where a former pro football player and a D3 All-Star use strength and conditioning as an excuse to talk about anything but. Now here's John and Tex. Hey, Power Athlete Nation. Welcome to another episode of the Premier Podcast on Strength and Conditioning. I'm John Wellborn. And I'm question joined mark? by Mr. McQuilkin. Who put the question mark on the prompt? <laughs> uh, I believe that's kind of a maybe a millennial thing where people want to ask. Maybe that's a California thing. I run oh, into this up constantly. Speak. The upspeak. Where people are like, instead of being like, so what do you think, McQuilkin? Which would be a question being like, hey, this is what I think. Where they do upspeak, which absolutely drives me crazy because they're making definitive statements or they're making some form of statement. But using upspeak to make it feel like a question which I think is a California thing. Yeah. What do you think? Not here, y'all. No. <laughs> not in Texas. That's how you give a that's how you let people know that you're not from Texas. You got to you, you know what? And and living here in Texas, if you can just throw a y'all in occasionally, <laughs> that's the, pronounce the apostrophe. Yeah. Don't do that. I know. <laughs> y'all? Y'all? Y'all. Yeah, you say y'all. Just y'all. Be like yeah, you just got to throw a y'all in there and uh fixin or the other one you throw in is a howdy. I, I use do that all the I time. use howdy constantly, and that's how people know. I roll up. I'm like howdy. If you throw a howdy, y'all, what, what and maybe you're like, hey, I'm fixing to do this. Yeah. What are you doing this weekend? I'm fixing to do some yard work. I'm fixing to go drink a dozen beers and get weird. You too. <laughs> Did <laughs> we just become best friends? <laughs> hey, Power Athlete Nation! Summer is weeks away, and you got to get that body right now. Whether it's to pack on a little bit of muscle to fill out those pants and fill out that T-shirt. Or to lean out and show off those abs by popping off that shirt, we got you covered. Now, the reason we'd like to start busting our ass now is so that we have a little bit of margin of error so that you can cut loose and not feel guilty. So what I want you to do is go check out one of Power Athletes' nutrition protocols. We got a leaning, we got a bulking, we got a keto, and we also have a performance protocol for those of you that need a little bit of extra attention or really trying to dial it in so that you look like a million bucks come summer. To learn more, head to powerathletehq.com forward slash nutrition to find out which protocol is right for you. And we're going to give you an extra 20% off at checkout with the code EATTHEWEEK. 20%? Yeah, that's all caps. E-A-T-T-H-E-W-E-A-K at checkout. Dude, sounds good to me. Now you got your mission. You know what we're expecting. Go get it. See ya. No, this is Hammer 90, dude. That's not going to happen until Hammer 91. Hammered 90. Ah, uh, man. The, I'm, I'm going to Hammer run. 90 beers. I can go all day. <sighs> Hammer 90 is throwing me a curveball because I'm going on that motorcycle ride with Matt Vincent for Indian. So I got seven, eight days on the road kicking ass on a Barker lounger with handlebars. So they sent me a picture of the bike that we're going to be riding. They literally look like fucking sofas with handlebars. I'm used to like shovelhead, panhead, something that's like 90 minutes. I'm pissing blood. I can't feel my fucking hands. Like I'm Didn't used you- didn't you drive across the country in a motorcycle and just eat nothing but IHOPs? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I stopped at IHOPs and then uh, <laughs> uh, I'd stop for dinner at um, uh, gentlemen's clubs and see if I could meet young ladies that maybe wanted to take the ride with me. But uh, oddly enough, I got there by myself and I have never eaten at IHOP Hop ever since. So the problem is when I find a place like IHOP, I get the exact same thing. It was like a big steak omelet uh, with two extra eggs. And then it was gluten-free pancakes. And I ate that pretty much every day for about three weeks. <laughs> Damn. Off-season yeah. training. Yeah, off-season training. Yeah, no. It, well, I mean, riding a rigid shovel head with an 18 over Springer that far, um, 
back was like a badge of honor. Now I look at it as just a label of stupidity. Like I, I, I had this idea that like, maybe I was almost like a, like maybe like what I imagined Christianity around a thousand years ago, where it's a, there was this idea of like suffering through salvation. I had this vision of being like, if you're going to be a biker, you got to be a fucking outlaw and you got to ride something that's completely impractical and uncomfortable. And you got to do it long distance to try to prove yourself. Oh, biker. And, uh, oh, I'm an idiot. Yeah, I'm an idiot. And, uh, I think it was because, uh, you know, Bundy and RC and the cats that I, I used to ride with back in the day, I mean, they were legit outlaw bikers. And so I kind of got into that idea of it. And, uh, so I associate that with bikes and now I see these bikes and the, the guys from Indian sent me this cool picture and I'm like, fuck man, like that looks so nice. It looks like a fucking Barker lounger with handlebars. So I'm excited. We're going to start in San Francisco. We're going to ride down one and then we're going to go to Joshua tree. And I think we're only going to ride like 150 miles a day. And then we got to stop and film. And, uh, it's pretty cool because, um, what was kind of neat. Um, I started busting out all my gear and, uh, they were like, Hey, do you need anything? And I was like, ah, I could use some new gloves. And he's like, Oh, we'll, you know, send you whatever. I'm like, and then I tried on a bunch of my gear and, uh, I have a, like when I rode the Hayabusa, I had a sport bike jacket, which I don't want to wear a sport bike jacket anymore. And then I went to go through all my leathers and they were all like triple X. They were so fucking oh. big on me. And like, even like all my old riding gear, I pulled it out and I was like, Oh fuck. So they're supposed to be sending me some new gear. So I'm pretty stoked for that. Uh, and, uh, do you have the fingerless leather gloves? No. So, uh, I'm real big on like real tight fitting leather gloves. I hate loose gloves. Like same thing in the NFL. I used to wear single X receiver gloves and I would like pry them on my hands and then I would tape them on and cut them off cause they were so tight. So I hate the feeling of loose gloves, even like my work gloves. I buy them a size down, put and I put my hands in water and get them to stretch a little bit cause I like tight fitting gloves. And so I have these real bitching, um, motorcycle gloves that I got at like a, a police uh, supply shop and they're super fitted and uh, those are pretty good. Uh, when I rode the shovel head and even uh, pan, um, I used to, I, I bought these real tight fitting gloves that actually had uh, gel, like a memory foam gel in the, in the palms mm -hmm. because the vibration of those rigid mounted motorcycles was so bad that your hands would just fall asleep. So you would like, you would pull over when your hands were asleep and then you'd have to like do this. So uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited. Like I was pulling out just a bunch of my gear. I have, this is so bad. I might wear them one day. It's a little warm, but I have these, um, I bought them in London. Chaps. No, I'm not a chaps guy. Uh, <laughs> but I do have these bitchin Doc Martens that are red that are like 16 laces. So they're like mid calf Doc Martens. And I only wore those because the way that my pipes on my bike rode, they kind of came up high on my leg. So as you were riding, if you kind of leaned over, you would burn your calf on the pipe. So I actually bought these high doc martin boots that uh i couldn't sizzle my calf in so i actually pulled those out and i was like whew, like blowing dust off and put them on and i'm like ah oh, look at these the kids were like when did you wear these i'm like when didn't i wear these did so, you tuck your jeans into those no i never did but i used to also so uh what you don't want because i always rode with like uh, open primaries so the primary I'll give you a little motorcycle like so the engine goes through there's a shaft and then there's a, a sprocket that attaches to another sprocket. And then there's a belt drive that goes like this. And then the belt drive is connected to the chain final drive. So the primary, yeah, so you're not going to be able to see it. It's actually on the other side. So it's on the left side of the bike. If you can look for a left side, most of these have enclosed primaries, but I always rode open primaries like well, Baker. 
like uh, if you were to put bank. so why do here's a question i just googled indian motorcycles and they only have pictures of the right side okay right there do you see that chrome cover right so off the motorcycle comes in there's a jack shaft and then that primary runs a belt that goes to the final drive that drives the motorcycle wheel so that cover doesn't exist on my bikes so mm-hmm. i have open primaries so what happens is that thing's spinning really fast and if you were to have jeans that were let's say uh, a little flappy they would get caught in your primary and they would just get ripped so what i had was a bandana that i would tie around my ankle and then when i rode i would just basically tie my jeans up so i didn't destroy my jeans but i'm not necessarily a uh, tuck your jeans in type of dude okay so like those kids on bikes that roll them up mm-hmm. same thing i would just tuck it in with a bandana so there was always a, a red bandana on my left ankle and then uh uh i'm not necessarily so so there's a few faux pas that that i don't do when i ride motorcycles i've never been a shorts motorcycle guy uh the other one is uh white tennis shoes i'm not a tennis shoe guy either when i ride maybe a vans on a short ride but for the most part i always wear boots and these indians have like the stereo systems i think they legit have a stereo system which uh, the other thing too, which is uh, is wild, is so when I used to ride my rigid shovel, um, I just had something that was called a uh, um, a skull cap, like it was a, just a small kind of fitted uh, helmet. And uh, then when I started riding the sport bikes, um, I ended up wearing a full face. And then when I went back to ride this, uh, any of the like the you know uh, kind of chopper uh, bobber kind of in any of the older bikes, I still wear a full face. So, dude, I was in Florida and I caught a bug in the face like a locust. Stayed <laughs> a big June bug on the way out. It fucking it hit me like on the cheek. My cheek swole up like it was like I got fucking punched by like Mike Tyson at like 80 miles an hour on the airplane uh, on the airplane. And I'm like it fucking hit me. Uh, I had a buddy catch a bird in the chest and almost knocked him off the bike. But at that point, I was like, man, I'll never ride full face ever again. I mean, uh, open face. So I just wear a full face. So it was funny when they hit me up on this. I'm like, hey, I, I know you guys are going to probably make fun of me, but I, I only wear a full face. And these dudes are like, yeah, so do we. Nobody wears fucking open face anymore. I'm like, perfect. You guys are my crowd. Fucking so. Tom Cruise doesn't even wear a helmet. Oh, man. Like, so there's kind of a weird misconception in terms of motorcycle riding. Like, you can either dress to be cool or you can dress for what might potentially happen if you go down. I mean, that's pretty smart. So I've never ridden a motorcycle. Frank McQuilkin calls them donor cycles. That's, and that, that was one his big, he's like, you're never getting on there. I was like, okay. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's, um, the problem isn't riding the motorcycle. It's riding within traffic. Yeah. He's, it's, a, it's, it's, yeah. it's not you like your skills and staying on the bike. It's dealing and navigating traffic. And that's where, um, you know, like, dude, like I used to ride my, my Busa. So I dude, uh, Charles, I'll send you a picture. You can actually post it. Uh, when we're talking about this, I'll, I'll show you my bike, but I had this fucking Matt black, something like Batman would ride. And it was stretched. Which I, Batman? Uh, any of them. So legitimately, I had a black Hayabusa that literally I called it the Bat Bike. It was all matte black. Uh, thing was so fucking savage. Had a stretch swing arm. I had like a 220 tire on it. Had uh, titanium pipes, Yosh cams, uh, risers. I mean, the whole thing was so fun. I did have these bitch in aluminum PM wheels, put a fiberglass tank on it. Thing was so sick. And I used to fucking ride that from Orange County up to Carson where at the Home Depot Center when I was trained with Athletes Performance. And that's what I would ride. And I would just fucking get in the fast lane, uh, carpal lane, and I would just lane split all the way up there. Lane splitting. So in California, there's a a law 
that two vehicles can travel in the same lane next to each other. They put that in so that the CHP could ride next to each other. But that means that a motorcycle can split and ride around cars in the same lane. It, I, I don't believe you can lane split here in Texas. I've seen people do it, but uh, I, I, like, I don't know if it's a law the way it is in California. In California, like I expect to see motorcycles lane split. But I'll tell you here in Texas, I don't think they have that law because I've seen people like so in California, when you pull up like a, like like let's say you're the third person pulling up and there's already cars, you basically split the lane, you get up to the front because yeah. what you don't want to be is sitting behind somebody and some idiot fucking texting rear ends you, which I've seen happen here twice. So I uh, when we when we moved here, um, I just put my bikes on pallets and they're up in the shop. But uh, so I, I get to go on this adventure. So that's going to kind of fuck up my hammer 90. And then we come back and we go to Summer Strong, which is totally going to mess up Hamber 90. Well, I'm, I'm working out there. Well, yeah, we're going to train there. Yeah. But, I mean, like, we're going to be out of the routine. Three meals a day. Ah, okay. Well, we'll stay We'll stay tight. And then we got to finish up Hamber 90 at the end of the month. Yeah. Real tight. Okay. Our question. Right, From the hotline. Oh, sorry, dude. We totally went off on a, on a tangent. But we have this thing called Power Athlete. we're allowed to do. I know. It's called going to the rabbit hole. Uh, we have this thing called Power Athlete Hotline. We set it up on WhatsApp so you can text, you can uh, send pictures, uh, you can do whatever you want. How about if you're a motorcycle dude, send us John photos of your chopper for your uh, bike. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you photos of my bike. We'll, maybe we'll post some old pictures. Yeah. I'll show you what I looked like when I was out there riding, dude. My, I, I, uh, Are you going to grow a mustache for this Matt Vincent trip? Nah, you know what? I, I grew the beard and like, I just... Mm. It was all right. I mean, if, if I had a beard like Charles, like look at Charles' beard. It's so it's so thick. I mean, like weak chin. Well, uh, but I am excited to go on this ride. Um, but yeah, man, it, it was uh, it, it, it'll be cool. So, but we're gonna ride down one. I think there's. I think they got uh, uh, drones and and cameras and this. It's a big fucking ordeal production. So I'm pretty stoked, and I'm stoked that they sent me some new gear. So. Uh, I, I did hit a pep install because I'm, I think I might bring my helmet. I told Harry, I'm like, Hey, could you put a little mock together and maybe wrap the helmet? Like you did my welding mask. So then if I'm riding, we could get a little power athlete publicity. So maybe, maybe it'll come through. Maybe it won't. We shall see. Yeah. All right. Here's our question. Lay it on the me, Mr. Line. Hey, John and Tex, this is Joe. I've got a question for you guys and I'd love to hear your opinion on it. I've been training with your programs mostly on hammer for over two years, but I've recently switched over to Jack street. I'm aspiring to do some hardcore things in my near future by attending SFAS special forces assessment and selection during a 21 day long selection. I hear they do a lot of low carry and high carry events like litter movements and naturally rucking rucks can weigh in between 50 to 70 pounds, mostly, and sometimes up to hundred. Distances averagely range 12 to 20 miles. I know I need to work on my grip strength personally, but I need to train for a huge capacity as well. Now, I also don't want to be your average Joe in selection. I want to go in performing as a stud and be an absolute monster for this 21-day long selection. Question is, how can I prepare for these events, get better grip strength, and integrate this with training I already do. I love the show. You guys inspire me to do great things. And I'm just trying to be harder than coffin nails. I'm looking forward to hearing back on this one. Thanks. Peace. 
Joe. I think this is kind of an interesting piece. He was on Hammer, went to Jack Street. I think you go back to Hammer, and there's a pretty legit template on Hammer with our three-day strength. So, obviously, we, it's uh, Monday's more of a lower sprint day. Tuesday, we come in, and uh, we'll actually pull pretty heavy. And then, obviously, they got our, our you know trunk work, ton of accessory, bunch of movement stuff with our EE runs on Wednesday. Thursday, they come in. That's going to be another lower. Well, actually, Monday's more of a combination, full body. And then we pull heavy on Tuesday, EE runs, and then we're going to have that lower body primal, upper body primal. Friday, our longer run, and then Saturday's kind of a fun fun training day. So what I would end up doing is following the template on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. Can keep the sprint work in because you have to remember that there, and we've talked about it on this podcast at nauseum, those who sprint hmm. carry more muscle and are better and stronger than those that don't. It takes a ton of strength and muscle to be able to sprint. So you want to increase capacity. You want to be more jacked sprint. So that's going to be on Monday, Tuesday, uh, which ends up just not, I mean, it's, it's never been ideal, but that's really the only day that we can pull heavy and hit all of our back and tend to do a bunch of our dynamic pulling. That's going to be on that Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, I want you to hit your trunk work. And instead of the EE runs, I want you to load up a pack and I want you to go long. I want you to start pushing some capacity and start kind of mimicking. If you know you got to pull a 60, 100 pound pack, I need you to be comfortable with those weights and being able to go out on a longer ruck. I don't need you to go out for three days, but I need you to at least go for 60 minutes, if not farther. Uh, hit the trunk work. Thursday, we're going to come in, hit your lower, uh, lower upper primal movements. Friday, uh, we have our longer run, which you know could be mile repeats. It could be three miles, somewhere in there. You're going to have to tend to take that more specific. So that's your sports specific training day. That's going to be more uh, specific to what you need for your selection. And I don't know what's in your selection. You gave us a good indicator, but you're going to know specifically because you've, you've spoken to guys. They've given you a heads up. So that Friday becomes more your sports specific day where now I'm going to get comfortable with a hundred pound pack. I'm going to go farther. If I got to lift logs or do whatever, that's going to be the big day. And then you're going to come in on Saturday and probably just hit Saturday's workout, take it a recovery Sunday. I'd probably go out for a walk unweighted, you know, go out for a, you know, at least, you know, three, four mile walk just to kind of recover Monday, do it all over again. So, I mean, really the focus, and here's what I think a lot of guys do is they haven't been doing the training volume. So all of a sudden the selection deal comes up, they ratchet up their training. And by the time they get to selection, they fucking have burned the candle at both ends and they're not prepared. Mm -hmm. So I think what you've done is you've built a pretty good base doing hammer, doing some Jack street. Now switch it back to hammer and follow the template we've laid it out. And this is actually really fortuitous. Um, one of our guys, John, who's, uh, um, John Valentine, um, who was, who took the class with me with uh, Craig Douglas. Um, he's a fucking badass BJJ guy and a shooting instructor and does a bunch of stuff in New Mexico. He kind of hit me up on a similar question. So this is actually for him as well. Uh, and I told him the exact same thing Monday, follow it as prescribed, sprint your ass off Tuesday, come in. I want you to pull heavy, do all that Wednesday, switch out the EE runs for something longer, hit all the trunk work Thursday, come in upper body, lower primal Friday. Fucking that's your day to burn it to the ground. Fucking go selection sports specific Saturday, come in and do it. And then Sunday, nice, easy recovery walk day and then do it again. And I think what happens all too often, it's like cr cramming for a test. People figure like, Oh, I'm going to cram for this thing. And then they're fucking smoked mm -hmm. because really 21 days is a bit more of an endurance test than anything like mental. If you've done the work and you're prepared, you should be fine. 
But I think you have to get comfortable handling those heavy poundages. It's kind of like in, uh, I mean, and I'll, I'll liken this to football a little bit. Uh, you know, you sprint, you do all this running, you do all this in the off season, especially in summer, you show back up and, you know, all of a sudden you're fucking in pads and there's really no way to simulate the impacts of uh, putting on pads, nine on seven, one-on-one, all that other shit, uh, unless you actually do it. So, I mean, you guys have the opportunity to strap it up a little bit and know what's going to be asked. But at the end of the day, there's no way for you to replicate it because the instructors are there, the courses, there's so much specific stuff, but you can be in the best physical shape you can to be survived. And then the other issue is avoiding injury. I bet you a lot of guys come in 100% ready to do this and could do it, but injury ends up peeling them out. So be smart. Make sure you take care of your feet. Make sure that your shoulders and doing all your mobility work and doing everything you can to make sure that you're hydrated and recovered and sleeping. Because at the end of the day, I have a feeling that sleep's going to be not at a premium. That's going to be at the deficit. They're going to try to fucking break you with lack of sleep. Um, if you look at any of the ways that they break prisoners for the CIA and any of the others, you know, the torture stuff, the first one, sleep deprivation. And then they go from there. So, yeah, we also have an opportunity with our Iron Flex program yeah. to teach you good habits and understand your body. So if you are able to throw that in there with your mornings, so preach outside of training, it's either in the mornings if you train later or in the evenings if you're training first thing in the morning. So get to know your body, breathe, and you're also creating habits that you can take into this 21 days that will prolong your ability and aim to prevent injury. So we're not asking a lot. One, two, three sets of four, five, six, seven movements that don't require a weight room that will they aim at recovery. So I would throw Iron Flex in there as well. And then an opportunity I want to throw out uh, one of Andy Stump's presentations at one of our symposiums sure. where he spoke on his approach to selection way back when was six hours at a time. Yeah. So I'm not sure how this 21 days is going to be broken down. What they had back then was at a meal you know, every he six stole, hours. He stole that from Ben Diesel. I don't doubt that. Yeah, I mean, Vin Diesel lives his life a quarter mile at a time. Andy Stump lives his life six hours at a time. Yeah, the whole aura from Charlie Sheen in Navy SEALs and Vin Diesel in the Fast and Furious film. I'm pretty sure I've seen Andy wear a sleeveless black shirt with a golden cross dangling on the outside numerous times. Fanny pack, too. I mean, if I recall correctly, last time we saw him in person, he fist bumped and said, family. Boom. Boom. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Power Athlete Radio. I don't know if we can improve upon that, McQuilkin. I mean, that was a drop the mic fucking moment. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for tuning in to Power Athlete Radio. See Bye. you. Family. Now it's time for you to empower your performance. Head to powerathletehq.com backslash training to choose from a number of programs to meet your specific performance goals. And if you like to break a mental sweat too, visit academy.powerathletehq.com and become a real stakeholder in you or your athlete's success. Until next time. <laughs>